Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Have you not got the script? No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I realised I realised just as the theme music was playing that there's probably a script somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to have a hunt about? Right, listeners, before we start, well, we have officially Hang on, I'd I'd like to say something before we start. Can I I ask Mm. if you're absolutely 100% sure that we are recording? Yes, I am, yes. Really? Yes, yes. Beyond any doubt? Beyond any doubt. Okay. Listeners, this is is the first time for recording for Mr. Newby today. It is the second time for Lucy, for at one o'clock, Harriet and Lucy spent an hour and a half recording brilliant shafts of wit, etc. for you. Uh, But owing to the fact that Lucy had her contact lenses in different eyes, um, I I mean, different her own eyes, not anyone else's eyes, but the wrong ones, um... She had not pressed record properly. So we got, we recorded five seconds, which would have been shortchanging you, we felt. So we are now doing it all over again. Harriet's had to go off and go skiing again, probably. So um, it's now me and uh, Jeff. So sorry about that. I don't mean sorry about that. It's me and Jeff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, charming. Sorry for me. I'm saying sorry for me, basically, <laughs> that well, I'm yes. now having to do the whole thing all over again. Yes. Uh, Anyway. And I've I've had to listen to the last three episodes of the Archers in a in a real hurry. Yes. And and I so what what the listeners possibly don't understand is that um, my usual level of uh, cheerful incompetence is actually uh, the result of many weeks of backbreaking work before I appear in this thing, uh, and without those weeks of backbreaking work in fact with about 45 minutes of half-assed work uh <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to be an absolute catastrophe so and as he is sulking because he's had to do this at last i week, am sulking a bit he I is am. sulking a bit he has declared his attention of being good and drunk throughout this podcast ladies yes. and gentlemen so he's on um, his third bottle of beer now i'm on a glass of wine now i've had two beers and then i'm on a glass of wine really yeah. you do it so fast yes well no when well, i'm on a mission okay very Fair news. But it does mean that I can't find the script now, okay. so I'm afraid Would that's like all to... on you. Okay. Well, welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, ladies and mm. gentlemen. An Super. in-depth look at the archers with me, Harriet Carmichael, Jeff Thomas, <laughs> Lucy V. Freeman, and our executive Cooper, Director Cooper, who is the only one who isn't A, drunk, or B, has messed up today. In fact, he's had a very good day today, Cooper. No, I think we need to give Cooper more responsibility, generally Yes, speaking. he's the most reliable one of all of us. He is. Thinking about it. Um, So, uh, and now it's the monologue. Would you like me to do the monologue, Jeff? Yes, please. Feel free. Yes. Right. This week was brought to you by very peculiar things happening really, really quickly. The whole week had had a triple espresso and I have whiplash. Firstly, we had Jimmus, who unwisely started comparing his one-man vigilante battle not to have an electric vehicle charging station at Brookfield with the Black Panther movement, which I thought was going it a bit. Things went from naught to bonkers in two and a half minutes. One moment he was asking David if he'd very kindly like to sign a petition, please, thank you very much. And the next David was chucking bales of hay at him with a forklift while Jim wore a fluorescent green top hat for reasons which were never really explained. In retaliation, Jim has staged a one-man sit-in at what Brookfield endearingly keeps referring to as the B&B when what they mean is the room. 
The way they carry on, it sounds like a boutique hotel with a bean-to-cup coffee machine and a turndown service, rather than one scruffy bedroom with a Garfield poster on the wall hiding the damp bit <laughs> and everyone queuing on the landing for the bog. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> staging a sit-in at a bed and breakfast does not sound very Black Panther-y to me. You know, up a tree or in a tent on the M11, fair dues, but sitting in a chintzy bedroom while someone brings you cups of tea and flapjacks, hardly green and common, is it? Anyway, the whole situation was resolved as all of them are at the moment, by someone calling in a female horror bin. Voila! Protest over. Maybe someone could give Macron Chelsea's number. Alice and Adam were reluctant to look after Daddy Dearest until they both caught on to the fact that it might result in unlimited babysitting opportunities. So immediately then started squabbling over who was going to have him. Brian said quite sensibly that he'd rather die than live with either of them and was going to live in Custard Cottage instead where he could dress up in Jenny's clothes and drink whiskey in peace. Actually, he can't dress up as Jenny anymore as he's given all her clothes to Joy who I imagined tripping around the village in a pair of court shoes two sizes too big and wearing the full twin set and pearls to put the bins out. Far be it from me to condemn a writer for writing a character that goes through every gay trope in the world. And maybe it's the case that as we have Adam, the world's least flamboyant gay man, we also have veterinary nurse Paul, who is what I think is technically called screaming. First of all, he hit on harassment, asked him about Amdram, invited him to go to a musical and then volunteered for Eurovision celebrations. Short of shouting, ooh, I do love a man in uniform, ducky, things couldn't have been more 70s, really. But at least Paul is fun. He even managed to get Alistair and Jacob in an escape room, which I was hoping might turn out to be an S&M dungeon. And a big bloke called Horst was going to appear in a leather thong <laughs> holding pliers. But no, Alistair and Jacob plodded through hieroglyphics and mirror writing while Paul presumably sat in the corner painting his nails. You'd think, wouldn't you, really, that if you were going to have a festival in Borsitia, which has a population of about seven, you wouldn't have it midweek when everyone's, you know, at work. Well, Clary and Susan managed to find two of them on consecutive days, no less. I take it all back about Ian not making enough money with his pizza van. If Borchester even has festivals on a wet Wednesday in March, he must be coining it in. They had a lovely time knitting one day and fiddling the next. Ned's son, Derek, even took a photo of Clary fiddling, which I thought was a little impertinent. (laughs) But it did give us an excuse to return to some good old Grundy mix-up. I thought you was doing something illegal, Eddie. No, love, I have got you a second-hand pergola and painted it green. I liked it. It was nostalgic. But again, the whole storyline was started and done with in the space of 20 minutes. The most exciting part of the week was Debbie's brief but emphatic return. Basically, we got what should have been a narrative arc stretched over three months, squished into the space of three episodes. It consisted basically of, She's back! I love you, Dad! I hate you, Dad! You killed Mum! Okay, sorry! I love you, Dad. Yes, I might come back. No, actually, I won't. Bye! We spent a good ten minutes of her time with us listening to her pack and unpack. We know nothing of her life in Hungary. Absolutely zip. Where does she live? Does she speak Hungarian? Is she making any money? Does she have a significant other? I'm not particularly bothered about gender. Just knowing that she's getting some would be helpful. What does she eat in Hungary? Goulash, coffee and cake at 4pm. But then she ought to be the size of a house. And she doesn't sound the size of a house. I don't know. It was like having a frustratingly quick glimpse of a friend you haven't seen for ages on the up escalator of the Victoria line while you're going down and you both signal madly to each other about meeting the other end and then it all gets too embarrassing and one of you gets swallowed up in the crowd. Anyway, nice to see you, Debbie. Keep well. Love to the family. Oh, the end. <laughs> that was a bit That was a bit wistful at the end there. It's not normally we get uh, pathos as well as uh, humour. Well, or... 
I just I thought it was quite sad. I've been looking forward to seeing her so mm, much, yes. and then she was there, and then there she was gone. And well, I do, said, it, uh, it, is she though? Has she? Will she not be there next week? Do you think? No, she's definitely gone because I got have all excited, the, didn't have I? Have you checked? Have you checked the yeah, cast list? Yes. I, I, she's mm. probably filming something amazing in Hollywood, isn't she? Not tiddling yeah. around in Birmingham, mm. staying in a travel lodge and recording. No. No. Because I got all excited, didn't I? And so when you were sh- podding the beans, I said to you, oh, oh, did you hear? <laughs> did you hear? She, you know, brides yes. Usher. And, and I said, she might come back. And you said, no, she won't. And then you were no, right. No, she won't. Exactly. Yes, yes I was right. Uh, I So this is the first time I've ever met, I've met Debbie. I, um, she, I don't know when the last time she was in the show was, but it's got to have been a sort of Yonks ago. three, three years ago, at mm, least, I would mm, say. Yeah. Uh, and she was talking about her former significant other, Simon. Yes, Stephen. Simon. Simon. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously, he's a bit of a. He's not a. He's not a good egg by the sounds of things. No, he is. Boo, he's the villain. And he was, was having was affairs this, all over the shop, and um, was the did she is this did she move to uh, to Hungary with him? Did she move to Hungary? No, I believe she him? moved to Hungary to get away from him. Right. Okay. I think he's Canadian. Um, but they're normally so nice Canadians. I know. Well, he's the exception that proves the rule. Mm, that is a shame. He, yeah, he was really, really. He was a. Oh, Cooper's eating my gardening shoe, and I can't. Cooper, stop it. Um, uh, I think it, yes, she moved to get away from him, and um, uh, it, it, him, 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 him breaking up with her, or her finding out all about the infidelity, has sort of happened at the same time as finding out about her dad and Siobhan and Rory and everything. Yeah, well, she said she said collided. exactly that, didn't she? she yeah, she said yeah. it was all you know, it all happened at yeah. the same time. He was an absolute shit, though, Simon. And I think he hurt her. I think he bashed her one, yeah. But she didn't, she took it once and then that was it, she was off. Okay. I think. Gosh, I can't remember that. I'm sure our our listeners can remember, so perhaps they could. Please fill in gaps, listeners, thanking you. Um, So she's she's farming in Hungary, right? Yes. Uh, But that that is all That is all we know. And, Mm. And, you know... It was, it was, it was just Adam following her around, going, "Oh, Debbie, oh, I'll go and see." Why yes. does yeah. we've had three times now? We've had somebody leaving. Rory was packing, and mm-hmm. Brian. Rory was packing, and Jenny Darling came up to see him. Rory was packing, and Brian came to see him. Brian was at home, and Rory went to see him just before he left. It's like a, it's a, th- a device that they've used far too often now. Right on the verge of somebody leaving. When everyone's going, you can't leave it like this, and then yes, the person turns no. up on the doorstep. It just keeps happening. Well, and actually, what is what is actually happening is that um, they're saying you can't leave it, you can't leave it with the truth. Uh, yes. And so, yes. because uh, I mean, Debbie, that's what I think. That's why it took Debbie two bites of the apple. Yeah. Uh, to 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 apologise to Brian. Yeah. Because, because the first she time saying, she tried, yeah. she was actually. You know, yeah. she realised that she meant everything she'd said, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, and knowing you shouldn't have said it isn't the same as... No, right. You know, and regretting yes. saying it is also not yes. the same as... Yes. As I'm not, sorry I said it is not the same thing as yes. I was wrong. I'm sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, honestly, I, the older I get, the more I become uh, convinced of the value of 
saying. I, I also actually, having lived in the Netherlands for twenty years, will will push you in this direction. <laughs> say saying whatever the hell it is that yeah. you, you know yeah. that you want to say or that you've got yeah. to say, and dealing with the consequences, whatever yeah. they may be. Yeah. Uh, and I think, to a decent extent, that's what Debbie did actually. Mm. And she okay, she's you know, she's smoothed over the worst of it with Brian mm. there, but. Um, mm. Had she said, yes, I'll come back to Ambridge, and that would have been a different story, but she knows that she can't. Just for a minute, though, Harriet said as well, her heart went, oh, you know, we all thought, oh, yes, she's no, coming even back. I did. And then, no, yes, no. Even I did. Is she And I've never met her before. <laughs> it would, no, that would be nice, because, you know, yeah. she's... Uh, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Um, well, let's hope so. People who... Whatever it is. <laughs> or at least, I'm speaking for myself here, but I don't think I'm alone in this. So it's a, it is a little, when you get somebody, it's a bit like Benedict Cumberbatch in um, Cabin Pressure. Pressure. Yeah. When you get somebody who's been in the arches and then they've gone on and done yeah. other things and become, because I think probably, you know, 55 of the 60 million people in the United Kingdom have no, 5 million is not nothing, but there's still 55 million People who have no idea who Debbie. It's when you Archer become face is. famous. Uh, Debbie Archer, Debbie. Um... It's when it's when you become face famous, isn't it? Yes, right. So and, yeah, and we all we all have a little bit of pride when that happens. A little yes. bit of paternal, maternal. Yes. Oh, has she done with well? Us. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You started with us, exactly, and uh, and for then, like Benedict Cumberbatch did with Cabin Pressure, for Debbie to come back. Yeah. Having made it in the big bad world yeah, yeah to then come back that really would be uh, yeah. uh, an endorsement of the arches yes yes like it needs that, an endorsement well yeah i mean it do, obviously it doesn't but but then there's you know 55 million people who yeah yeah I'd probably don't even know that it it, exi- it it exists yeah so what do you think of paul then jeff uh honestly <laughs> I mean, you know exactly what I think of Paul because you've, you've heard me moaning about it in the car all week. He's, I mean, I, I think I thought you made a good point about um, about Adam actually, who is um, mm. the most sort of uh, yeah alpha hetero gay man you can, yeah yeah you yeah can possibly imagine. Yeah. He's managed to get all the boring bits of being a straight man. Yeah, yeah and, right. Yeah. yeah. You'd think, exactly. I mean, it always seems to me, at least, that my gay friends, whatever we're doing, are having more fun than I am doing it. <laughs> uh, and Adam uh, is the exception less. to that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He's having much less fun, whatever he's doing. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm in, in, in general terms, I'm all for it, but I just don't think that Paul's being done particularly well. Well, you and I, because we, we, when we were driving along, we were listening to that episode of the, when he was chatting up harassment before he realised it was straight. And he said, you know, you said, bloody hell, he's going to start saying, I like musicals yes, in a minute. No, and then the next beat, he said, <laughs> do you like musical theatre? I thought, yeah. my God, can we get any more cliched? Yeah, I mean, I know God, God, if anyone should be not mocking gay stereotypes it's us but but yeah. um you yeah. know it was all a bit hoary wasn't it yeah it was, uh, yeah not great and i hope so it it seems as though paul is going to be sticking around for a while yeah uh, to everybody's surprise um including denise's presumably because it means now 
that she's not coming back, right? Not for a little bit. Did you yeah. hear how disappointed poor old Alistair sounded? He did. He did. Oh. <laughs> he, no, yes, poor Alistair. That is a bit sad, actually. Do you think he had it on one of those wall planners with like a little pink sticker and a heart? Circle, and... Circled in mustard on, yeah. his, uh, on his calendar, yes. And, and glitter on it and stuff and a heart mm, and pink yes. heart. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, yeah, still, you know, if he plays his cards right with Paul, possibly. <laughs> do, Dub- do we know that, do we know Dub- that Alistair is, is uh, you know, decidedly heterosexual? Or? Well, you'd think Shula would have put him off, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, God, mm. yeah, Jesus, that doesn't no. change the way you think so, about these things and nothing will. moving on to the, um, the, the thorny issue of the week, namely Jimus and his one-man vigilante protest. We're going to have a fight about this now, aren't we? I think Jimus is being an arse. I think Jimus is being brilliant. Mm. I'm not, <laughs> I don't just think Jimus is being an arse because I like David. David... Was also what? behaving like an ass. Nobody likes David. You don't like David. I fancy David. I've always fancied David. Well, this changes everything. <laughs> see ya! Anyway, I do. And, but even I can no, see... No, no, no. You see, when you, when, you, when you wake up and tell me about the dream you've just had about Jeremy Clarkson, you see, mm. I can kind of see that. Can you? All right. Oh, yes, I can. More than you I know. can. He's charismatic. He's not everybody's cup of tea, but he's charismatic. He's clearly got something. But David... VD, probably. But anyway. Yes, he's clearly got... Yes, he's got several things. But, um, <laughs> but David... It's the actor is really nice. He's a really nice man. Oh, okay. So it's the, the actor rather than the guy. No, and the, both. Both, both. What? Dave, hang on, I'm just going to open the door because Coopy wants to go out. <laughs> Oh, no, Coopy's got out. That's good. Um, Coop, Dave, Dave when, I, when I think about David, <clears throat> which I do sometimes, <laughs> um, then David is, it, David looks in my head exactly like Tim Bentink. Okay. So he's one of the ones that looks exactly like I think he looks. Uh-huh. And well, is that not the case for all the characters? Because that's... I mean, I've got nothing else to go on. So when we have a new character in the Archers, I go straight to the interwebs... And look up the actor. No, and I never do. I don't, like I don't want to know, but it's only because I met him. That's what I know what he looks like. Oh, oh, I see. Yes. So. Oh, it's all coming out now. I, yeah, so I, I, um, yeah. And, and he is just what, and, and there's, you know, he's very, he's just a really, really nice bloke. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I think David is, it, but a bit of an ass, but that's because he's been spoiled and he's, indulged. Oh, he's dull. He's and, so and dull. Adult, yeah. Um, but I think that Jimus is being. He didn't have a go at Pat and Tony when they sold off all the land for the housing thing. It was not Dave. David had no idea what he was. What the, he was selling it for 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 recreational use. He had no idea it what was going to be built. Jimus is picking on him because point. he can't. Find it the real person exactly. And That's he's the just, whole point. Yeah, but they should be. He, then he should be asking for help rather than just being stupid and ask, petulant and He did ask for help. No, That's he just the, said that, sign no. my petition. Yes, and David didn't. Mm. 
Only because he didn't want to get involved, because it would put David in an embarrassing situation. The first thing that Jim did was to ask for help, and David said, no, thank you, I won't do that. Because I'm too dull. Yes, well, no, because he's, uh, you know, obviously, he's trying to play both sides a bit, Mm. which I don't blame him for, I suppose. I'd probably be doing the same thing if I were in his shoes, but it's not the honourable thing to do. And and Jim is just trying to get to the bottom of exactly what is happening, and I think that's entirely reasonable and bloody good for him. But I'm glad somebody's doing it. But he's mostly because I want to see Justin get publicly shamed. Well, I and want left and 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 yes. banished from the village forever yes. and ever, pilloried and yes. cow pats on his head. But I think that. Um, they should be fo- if, if he wants. He doesn't seem to be focusing in efforts. His efforts on finding who it is, because David doesn't know. He's just picking on Brookfield, and I don't know mm. why. He's just doing that silly feudal. Well, where else is he going to landowner. start? So, well, he should start with a bloody planning committee. He should do the research, not just lash out at the nearest person. No, but I think he's. Mm. I, I see what you're saying, but I do think that Jim had <clears throat> had David signed the petition and said, yes, I think I agree there's something a bit dodgy going on here, and I would also like to know what it is, then Jim wouldn't be making David's life a misery now. Mm. I'm just trying he to imagine really... that. What would happen if Jim had, if David had signed the petition... Would what would Jim now be doing? Well, I think then possibly, indeed, the planning committee would be mm. would be his next board of call with David's signature to yeah. say, "Look, come on." Even the um, see, Linda would the, normally be all over this shit, but whether it's because maybe the actor is having a bit of time off because of her on 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 Mike husband has sadly died, or whether. Uh, it, she's not all over it because it's a green issue and she's very pro-eco things. Well, you'd expect you'd expect Crusty to be... Yeah, yeah. ...tearing her hair out about this as well, wouldn't you? No, because it's a green initiative. Well, is it, though? But, it, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's a double-edged sword because people want the... Harriet said it's nimbyism. People yeah, want green is. eco things. But listen to this email. This is from... Where has it gone? Terry White, who said, This Charger Station protest is a load of Montbelliard mustard Hereford honey. It's crap. Why aren't Jim and the Booths concentrating their action on the planning committee? Are we really yes. expected to believe that the council has already given the go-ahead in double-quick time without anyone in and around the village noticing any of the statutory notices attached to telegraph poles, village hall notice board? But I don't... They haven't, they haven't been given... No. ...the go-ahead yet, have Or they? that any such planning hearing would have been held so soon... And no. doesn't Dopey no. David have a case? Commercial land is worth much more than recreational or domestic grazing. If he'd been aware of the true purpose of the purchase, he'd have surely been able to charge a much higher price. Brookfield has effectively yes. been robbed. Yes. Yes. So but it's, and it's why I don't really understand why David is so reluctant to, to, to have a dig around and see what's actually happened. I think he just doesn't want to get involved. I think he just... Because he knows it's going to be controversial. The Archers, of course, is famous for being packed with characters who don't want to get involved. Yes. <laughs> in the goings-on in the village. Everybody is 73 years of people just minding their own business. 
<laughs> letting bygones be bygones and yes. letting people get on with their lives. Not holding grudges, <laughs> not interfering. No, no, nothing to do with me. Um, and, well, a lady who I can't... Daisy. Hello, a lady. Hello, Daisy. Um, I sent a message saying, my sister and brother-in-law, who are farmers, sold some land for an electric charging forecourt. It looks just like a petrol one, just without petrol. This one is near a busy A road. There's now a small industrial park next to it, and there's a Tesco over the road. It's very easily accessible, and just down the road from Stansted Airport. See, that makes sense. That is where you want a charging station, not in the middle of a village that you would only be going to for nothing. You wouldn't be going to it. No well, one's going no, to there, drive... There will be, presumably, people going through it. But not really. I mean, I think, yeah, OK. You can make a case, certainly, that if there is not currently a petrol station, then there probably doesn't need to be an electric charging station either. Arda was the only one in the village that's got an electric car. No, but, uh, I, mean, they've, I mean, they've made this point on the show. The idea is, and I think this is ludicrously optimistic but nonetheless the idea is that they will stop selling new petrol and diesel cars in fact in the netherlands um diesel cars are already basically oh yeah they said it's in the next 10 years isn't it yeah you can't yeah. well you can't there are already yeah lots of places that you cannot go in a diesel car in the netherlands yeah well there is here we've got the ules yeah. thing right yeah. so um you know the next uh seven years they're going to phase out new diesel and petrol cars right and um ev- everybody will be driving what i think is probably going to happen is that you'll have to have a, a hybrid at least mm. so um but that that is going to mean that where there are now petrol stations there, there will, will need be, to yeah. be electric there is a petrol station stations, on the bypass because that's right. where alice went to buy her boozy right. woozy and of course this you know the sensible thing to uh, the sensible thing to do would would simply be to put a load of charges where the existing yeah. petrol stations are. The problem you've got is that filling a car with petrol takes a minute yeah. or a minute and a half. Yeah. And until you can uh, in, in, improve the technology of charging a car battery, yeah, um, you don't have the same yeah, turnover. So you need you need yeah. right you need a lot more uh, space. You need a lot more. Um, I don't know what they're called pumps charges right. Yeah. So, to, to service the same number of cars. Yeah. So it's not quite as simple as just replacing the petrol stations. I'm looking forward to the Grundys stations. producing the Grundy world of charging, where they just, <laughs> you know, they just put up a load of um, uh, extension leads or something and then charge people 15 quid a pop. Yes, yeah, so or there'll be car. a special kind of electricity yeah. that, they're, <laughs> yeah, that they're putting in. Magic electricity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps electricity that they're distilling from, I don't know. Cider. Cow, cow pat, yes, cider, <laughs> or, or turkey. They turkey poo. They turkeys. Um, yeah. I liked very much uh, Georgie sucking up to Grandma and Nana and telling yeah. them they both smelled of cheese and, um, yeah. and insisting that they then lobby on his behalf to let him have his party. He's quite the little charmer, isn't he? When he uh, he's a little shit. I can't believe Georgie's got any friends to come to a party. No, I, this did cross my mind. I'm oh. not aware, other than Brad. Yeah. Uh, and even that's tenuous. Yeah. Um, I'm not aware of George having any friends. No. It's going to be, you know, a relatively small-scale party, I think. It's going to be George, Nana and Grandma, I think. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 
He's a little arse. I do really, really dislike George. Um, I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed with how easily um, Clary and Susan both. Uh, they both do it. It's the granddads know what he's like. Neil and uh, Neil and Eddie. Are that's both, they're both the same. Yeah, but well, Neil. No, isn't. that's a bit unkind to Neil, isn't it? Uh, but he's very engaging, my Neil. Yeah. Um, uh, they've both got George's number, but yeah, Clary and Susan are just. It takes it takes two sentences of bullshit, and they're like, "Oh, he's yeah, a good boy, yeah, isn't he?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know grandmothers are supposed to be indulgent, but they're not stupid. Uh, no, really not. It's a bit. That's a bit patronising, I think. Yes, um, I, I thought so too. Yeah, uh, but I'm enjoying the window very much. It's so good much Lord. more interesting than the stained glass window. It's um, no, it, it definitely is. But I Cooper, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Without wishing to spoil things, um, this week's sketch uh, is um, is based around the the wonders of the window. Yeah. And um, and we discussed after having uh, written and recorded the sketch uh, just how close it was <laughs> to what actually happened to the yeah. actual. Uh, to what's actually happening with this window it is almost it is it is comedy yeah and Clary in particular is you know having kittens about I mean honestly how many people do they think are going to go I know to this cheese farm right exactly funny hats and if they did who's going to who's going to say anything I know even I'd you know be embarrassed into shutting up I think yeah in those circumstances. Yeah. And I waved at a man on a boat the other day. <laughs> and then was mortified. When <laughs> Actually, he waved so back. Can I, can I just correct the record on this? He waved at you first. He did wave said. at me first, indeed. But then, so this really made me laugh. So he, this was on the deck of HMS Diamond, um, parked in, uh, parked? Is that the yeah, proper neighbourhood? word? Parked, yep. yes. Yep. Parked in, in Portsmouth Harbour. Uh, the other day, and as we as we chuffed past on our big old car ferry, um, this sailor um, on the deck of HMS Diamond waved, and I couldn't quite believe that he was waving at us, but I waved back anyway. At which point, <laughs> he punched the air <laughs> and, and waved some more because he was, <laughs> and that then I did get a little bit embarrassed actually that I, um, you know. Because I, I didn't actually think he'd been waving at me at all, but it turned out he had. Paul would have waved. I'm quite, yes, no, Paul would have been all mm. over that, especially with the sailor. Yes. You know. Yes, that's another merchant navy, another yeah. tick. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of Gordon's, another one. Yeah. Dear, so yes, there, there, there are still a few tropes that they haven't <laughs> dug up for Well, Paul I'm ever in it next week. Shut that door. <laughs> um, uh, Steve Barry says... Uh, <clears throat> regarding Mothering Sunday, I was taught many years ago now, the original tradition is supposed to have been the young sons and daughters, either apprenticed or working in service, <coughs> were allowed to go home to their families for some mothering. The presence tradition started because as they walked home, they would pick poses of spring flowers for their mothers. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. Regarding Harriet's theory about leaving children to sort themselves out, Having just listened to three children, all of whom, all of them parents themselves, who needed their mother to leave a list from beyond the grave to sort out whose teeth were whose, <laughs> I don't really fancy her chances with this. 
Best of luck, Harriet, he says. Yes. Um, that wasn't the one I wanted to read. The one I wanted ah. to read was this one. <coughs> I did well, want poor, to read it. Poor Steve. Just, no, yes. I did want no, to read I'm, it. I'm it's very glad that there. you read Steve's email. Yes. I enjoyed it very much. Very informative. Uh, this thank, is from. Thank you, Steve. I enjoyed it. Uh, this is from Tom of Finland, <laughs> who says, um, "The charging station. Why are none of the local businesses seeing it as potentially a great opportunity to open new units and expand? Surely, rather than worrying about a new cafe opening and destroying you, you'd find out who's building the thing and approach them about acquiring the lease." It's essentially a green enterprise, so surely you'd think whoever is behind it would be all for local businesses being involved. Good point. Are we talking about selling, upselling, I believe is the... Uh, well, no, just, yes, we're saying, like the Bridge Farm, saying, OK, can we have a selling cheese sandwiches or something? <clears throat> right, so while people are sitting there for 40 minutes waiting for their Exactly, car to go and have a coffee and a, and a, yeah, and a Bridge yeah. Farm cheese sarnie. Yeah. Or for £27.99. Or, um, but do we think this is going to happen? The Bridge Farm I mean, Tea Room or something. No, I don't think it's going to happen. No, <clears throat> because, you know, if you if it takes you 40 minutes to charge your car every time you, you need to charge your car, you're, particularly with the price of things, hashtag these days, mm. um, you're not going to go and get a cheese sandwich and a cup of coffee every time you need to charge the car, are you? You're probably going to have a nap, actually. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. So I can't imagine this is a huge commercial opportunity. No. But it's... But nobody's thinking about it. You know, if you think about them, the but electric cars t at the moment are acquired by AB, AB's ones, AB ones and twos, so they've got a bit of disposable income. They like organic things. They like, you know, they've gone to the trouble of having an electric car, so they are thinking about the environment. So surely sustainable enterprises would be up their cup of tea and they'd be willing to, you know, <laughs> do it, wouldn't they? Anyway, he also says, Seren and Nova, when Pat and, or what do we call them now? I've forgotten. Something in Shitstorm, I've forgotten. When Pat and Tony found out about the modelling idea, they were worried about how the children might feel when they get older and find out their pictures are out there for all to see. Why has nobody applied the same logic to the damn window? Very true. The stained glass window. And finally... Uh, but I don't think anybody's... What? Well, it's not quite the same, is it? Yes. Okay. And finally, why doesn't Oliver... Because that thing's going to be there in perpetuity, isn't it? And finally, why doesn't Oliver get any credit for being possibly the shrewdest business mind in all of Borchester? I'm what? sure when he sold Grey Gables, he actually retained a 40% stake, which oh. actually, come to think of it, makes you wonder more about the calibre of the people Ardell works for. Um, I have utterly failed in being concise, he says. Well, don't worry, stop now anyway. But thank you. Um, Where's Will? In the garden. Oh, is he? I thought he was next to me. No, he's, he's here trying to stop Coopy whining. Um, um. Yes, and he also says, when Helen announced her pointless plans for the dairy, it was quite the coincidence that it was Lillian who just so happened to know a builder who could start the following week. I don't think Lillian is the grey man, but she could be masquerading as the shadowy Eastern European Victoria. She's got form when it comes to the sale of horses. <gasps> At this point, my theory as to who the actual grey man is has moved on to a distant member of the Pargid family who has never given up on the old ways. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom. I like that. Ooh. 
modern slavery linking mm. back to the no i mean i've i've had i've had lillian down as a modern slaver since <clears> the beginning since day one. really yeah okay. i have yeah uh, Shell Harris got very, very overexcited when she heard Jill in the old people's home and said, thank God I was worrying they were going to unalive her and we'd never hear from her again. I excitedly squeaked at my car while listening on Wednesday. Not hooted. Not hooted. Woo! Um, and... We were discussing this and she does yes. sound... She, she's yes. not... No, she sounds like herself, she ought to be she? in there, not visiting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Keep moving, Jill, let's stop taking. People shouldn't be surprised, this is Terry White, people shouldn't be surprised that Jill was just wandering around the laurels as if she owned the place. Having one imagines visited Christine several times a week for several years, she probably has the run of the kitchen with a veto on the menus. What I'd like to know, though, is how can Sykesy, a lifelong agricultural labourer, afford the laurels when Christine needed financial help after Matt Conta? Well, for once, I actually know the answer to that, Terry. Unbelievably. Oh. When we first met Sykesy, he mentioned that his brother had, done, had owned a farm, in, uh, had inherited the main farm, his family's farm, in Borchester, and he was the one who had paid for Sykesy to remain in the laurels. Sykesy doesn't sound like a man who needs to be in a home, does he? Not at all, no. I mean, maybe he's a bit wobbly on his pins or something. I he's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how old Carrot is no. he's, well, mid he's probably I think he's probably ages with my parents because um when you were watch when they were watching them they were the sort of the same age right you see my 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 parents uh, met uh, as my my dad was uh, president so he was a soldier and they were he was uh, based in uh, Detmold in Germany uh, in the early 70s um and he was president of the Forces Folk Federation out there. The fa fa fa. exactly. Uh, because he played guitar and sang, and my mother was uh, got herself a job in the British Army schools. She was a teacher, and she got herself a job in the British Army schools, also in Detmold, um, and she also played guitar. So my mother is a tiny, tiny little person. Uh, I am quite big, and she is very definitely not. She's not even five foot these days, I don't think. But she nonetheless had this enormous twelve-string guitar that she used to lug around with her, um, and that was that was where they met. And it was people like Jasper Carrot and uh, Mike Harding, and um, probably not Billy Connolly by those. No, even he was he was too successful for that. Kind yeah, of but that that um, that breed of yeah. folk singer stroke yeah. comedian who actually a lot of them had started as pure folk singers, but then become. Yeah, as sort of they'd done it, you know, they'd they'd had a line of patter and so on, yeah. and then, but it then became more about the comedy. Well, than it's the, like Humphrey Littleton music. started. It was ja a jazz, a jazz trumpeter, and then the and he 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 just natter to fill in the gaps between yeah. set changes right. and things, exactly. and then the 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 natter took over the right, and the yeah. people who are good at that get you yeah recognised. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. want people want more. Yeah. Anyway, my original point was that you know people like Jasper Carrot and Mike Harding and Hamish Imlach and. Um, they were the guys that mum and dad were booking to come out and... and so they must have been them. all of an age, so... Give or take, exactly. So <clears> so <throat> I would say that just... I could, of course, look this up in an instant, but I'm going to guess that Jasper Carrot is in his mid to late 70s. Right. And still sounds entirely... Yeah. ...compos mentis and yeah. shouldn't be anywhere near at home. Yeah. Um, do you remember Michael Gorman, the doorman? Um, 
and uh, uh, do I? Yes, the celebrity librarian. You don't. No, anyway, I don't, no. Michael Gorman um, says my wife has acquired the Aldridge cookery book. Oh no! Right, sorry. It's yes. Right, yes, I do know yes. exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I thought you meant on the show. No. Uh, right. No. Okay. Yes. My wife has acquired the Aldridge cookery book. I was pleasantly surprised to see it was not the WI tat I had imagined, but one of David and Charles's lovely productions. Anyway, you may have seen it, but if not, he sent me a picture of it, which I will put on the twitters. Ooh. And it is Jennifer Aldridge's cookbook produced in 1990-something. This is a real thing? Yeah. Delicious recipes from your favourite Ambridge characters. <laughs> and Kerry Davis emailed us last week and said that the reason that he had picked um, uh, lamb, leek and prune pie mm. as a centrepiece for Jennifer's funeral was because that was one of the um, oh, recipes from nice. and he wanted to do it as a tribute to her. Isn't that nice? It is nice. It still sounds utterly revolting. No, I mean, I wouldn't eat that, but... I Listen find to this. Funny. Try, try and visualise this, right? Yeah. Or ta- yeah. tasteualise this. Yes. Right? Yeah. Sunflower oil, onion, best neck fillet. I'm starving now. Which, by the way, has really good got up Lord. in price. Yes, not good. I down bought that. neck fillets oh, God, the other day. And I, well, I mean, you were there. There was, there was a scene. There wasn't was a there? scene. Yes. Yeah. The price. <laughs> yes. Neck is supposed to be, you know. Mm. It's one of the bits people don't want. Yes. Anyway. Lord. Neck fillet, two plump garlic cloves, three ounces of prunes, Mm. rosemary, leek and salt and pepper. We were doing so well until the... And I know know. prunes is one of those things. More often with pork, though, I think, isn't it? Is it? Pork and prune, I think. Mm. But, um, so you know, better than most people, Lucy, how, you know, how much I enjoy dried fruit. Um... And meat, but uh, lamb and apricot normally, isn't it? Well, that's Moroccan, isn't it? Right, but, but I've also had sort of, um, I'm sure Delia has a lamb and apricot okay. uh, recipe, for instance. But you start putting dried fruit in with meat, and I get I get really mm. a bit queasy about it. Yeah. Right? Just, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, it reminds me of those 70s curries where people put raisins in them. Oh, God. Actually, I didn't have a problem with that. Oh. We, used to, we used to go to, to Officer's Mess uh, curry <clears> lunches <throat> on Sundays. <sighs> and there was there was fruit all over the shop. and But it was fine. I cannot bear it. It, it makes my stomach... I'm quite a... You know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not. I'm quite a robust eater. But, oh, my God, that makes my stomach do a backflip. <laughs> oh, disgusting. And rice, rice salad... 70s rice salad that used to have cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. sweet corn in and the old bloody mm-hmm. raisin. Raisins, For yeah. no, it was like sick. For and, no... And uh, not not in any way seasoned either. No, so it was just, just like, it was like, managed yeah. to be sweet, bland mm, and yeah, disgusting yeah, all at once. Yeah. Oh! No, oh! So next time, I've just remembered, they didn't, in the, the officers' mess curry lunches, they wouldn't put fruit in the curry, but they'd have big bowls of raisins and desiccated co- coconut and... Desiccated very, coconut? Yeah, various other things that you could then sprinkle on the top of your curry when you served yourself. So you, drink, you have a portion of curry and then put trifle on top of it? Yeah, basically, basically yeah. Ah! Yeah. Oh, that's minging! I'm trying to think what else they had. There was, desiccated, there was always desiccated coconut and raisins. Oh. And what else? Custard? There something else as well. No. Whipped cream. <laughs> Hundreds and thousands. Tinned peaches. <laughs> 
Yeah. Which, by the way, make the best trifle. Yeah, and I will right. brook no dissent. Um, talking of food, I wish we were, because yes. I'm bloody starving. Um, mm. Helen Sherwood. Last week, Harriet and I were talking about... Um, uh, about Because uh, Patricia messaged us and said... She'd got lots of nice things in her freezer, and if or, or some things in her freezer. She said, if I died and they had to mm. cook, because you know Jennifer basically cooked her own funeral yes. dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patricia said, basically, as long as they, people were prepared to work with chicken stock, it would be fine. But if not, they're a bit <laughs> stuffed because that's all I've got. And we were talking about things stuck to the back of boxes of other things, you know, just sort of <laughs> white furry things. And um, Helen Sherwood has sent me her freezer audit. She's got an app mm. that you can, and it says 12 portions of bolognese, 10 yeah. sausages, four portions of breaded fish, two portions of birth bourguignon for five, or possibly five for two, I'm not sure. Cottage pie for two, needs potato in brackets, and Normandy pork for two. Isn't that well organised and brilliant? She you said see, there's three months of me yeah, was in there. Yeah, the app is... You see, my ex-wife used to try and get me to uh, keep track of... We've got a chest freezer. or Now I have a chest freezer, actually. I kept the chest freezer in the divorce. Um, <laughs> Not the children or the dog. No, she the got the children, the dog, the car. <laughs> uh, but I got what I really wanted, which was the... That's not true. We still... <laughs> we've, it's, my, I should point out... Uh, at this point, my divorce has been hugely amicable, and my <laughs> ex-wife and I still share uh, the car and, and the, the dog and the children. <laughs> it's all fifty percent, and whoever has uh, the children and the dog has the car. So, um, but I did keep the chest freezer mostly because I think she doesn't have space for it. Uh, but she she used to try and get me to uh, keep track of what we'd got in the chest freezer. Where's the because fun in that? Because otherwise, I'd go to the supermarket and, and go, ooh, yes. you know, half-price sausages, uh, and bung, buy six packets of half-price sausages and bung them in the freezer, only to find mm. that there were 12 other packets of mm. half-price sausages from six months ago already yeah. there. But uh, keeping track of it on a piece of paper is very, very, very difficult. Yes. So, But an app, an app is a very good idea. Because some fridges, because when I bought my new fridge, I was marvelling at these insane fridges. You should never have a household appliance that's cleverer than you, I've decided. That's what I... And mm. one of these freezers, it showed you a picture of its inside. So you could see well, what... what what. No, but there's shit buried in my chest freezer mm. that hasn't seen the light of day for... What, like bodies, know. human legs and things. Um... Andrew Boone messaged Must us. Must be fake crab meat. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew Boone uh, messaged us and said uh, that in, there in his household, they are known as UFOs or unidentified frozen objects. Mm. When they go into the freezer, I know what they are. Yeah, but a few course. months later, I look and have no idea if it's mince, chilli or even something like frozen rhubarb. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Makes for well. some very interesting dinner choices when you finally see what it is. You can now. I see. I'm. I'm a big fan of freezer surprise. Yeah. Uh, that was. That was a big day in our house when right. I was growing up, and generally with positive outcomes. There were a couple of you know <laughs> disappointments, uh, but generally it was good. Okay. But there is a way to avoid this. Uh, was it Andrew? Uh, yes. Right. Um, you can go. Uh, I think that they're, they're commercially produced, or they're commu they're produced for um, commercial kitchens. Little stickers. 
uh, which you can put on your Tupperware to say this is whatever and the date on which you froze it which is always uh, useful to know even if you subsequently ignore it uh, and then and you can Dying just wha- whack these stickers on top of what was because scraping them scraping them off is a pain mm. but if you just whack sticker upon sticker upon sticker upon sticker eventually they all come off and you start again or you end and up with then, a three foot sticker and you can't shut the freezer <laughs> then you know what's in your where's the fun in, in that well, life I, should be it, a lottery you never I, know is it indeed. cottage pie it's not without its downsides but is it the hamster do, if you do want to minimize the risks of freezer roulette Ooh, no I'm you won't. can do it mm. um uh this is from becky sheaves on C- at cuckoo down farm who says that's a nice name isn't it lovely to have debbie back she is acting adam off the stage being genuinely discombobulated and grieving. He is so declamatory and wooden. He's my least favourite character, utterly unconvincing. Who would you cut if you could choose one person? He's such a heart sink as soon as he opens his mouth. Justin is such a sly one. I guess spying on Jim and the charging station rebels is at least partly why he's volunteering in the shop, the sneaky old fox. I couldn't for the life of me understand why he was bothering. Maybe he owns gay grables too. P.S. Re-spiritual hummus. I'm also the lucky owner of several large canvas tents. Can I ask why does Kate never have problems with leaks, unreliable heating, pin mould, high winds and snapping guy ropes? It's so unfair. <laughs> I'm currently paying £500 as we speak for a specialist repair to a safari tent zip. Who does all the maintenance for her? Let's just say I don't see her reproofing her canvas single-handed. No. That is not a God. euphemism. All the best, Becky. Thank you very much. £500 on a zip? I know. Crikey. Um, <clears throat> but now we need to be very careful with this, Lucy, because, uh, and I'm not to blame for this, this is you and Harriet, mm-hmm. I'd like to say that up front, when you're negative about the archers and about the characters, yes. people leave well, nasty, nasty reviews. People from, Person, a, people from a certain country. <laughs> Person leaves nasty reviews. Who I think struggle with some aspects of English humour. <laughs> Say you, I, they don't understand. Why I don't understand why they the listen. They clearly don't like it very. They much. obviously hate it. Yes. Well, what did they call us? Horrible, horrible, evil women, or harpies, was something that, was like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> or was that me? Shit. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I've read that somewhere. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, no, I agree. David, uh, um, uh, Adam is just. Mm. Oh, we. I mean, we've discussed this several times, though. He's. I wouldn't get and you. Rid- you have said that he's a very good actor. Yeah. When he's when he's not doing this. Yeah. Well, as so Harriet said, deliberate. he he Harriet said earlier he has to be uh, in round one. Harriet said this. Um, he has to be committed, and he is very very committed to his character, and Same. he can't suddenly change him now and start being no, no. different or no, whatever because no. he is Adam. Is Adam? Um, no, it's clear. It's obviously a decision. Somebody has decided yeah, that this is yeah. how Adam is, and so that's what he's doing. I, but I don't think I could cut anybody. Because they all have a use, they all drive plot in a different way, and they all work together so beautifully. I don't think there's anybody. You're only saying that to get the reviews now. There's no. <laughs> there's nobody that possibly. If you have no, Who's I'm just trying be? to think. Who's it going to be? I wouldn't. Listeners? I genuinely wouldn't want to cut any of them, but. If you have 
if you had the baddie, like we can always only have one. So if you had Hazel and Rob both in it in the, at the same time, yeah, it would be too much. Mm. But you don't because when he's in it, she's not, and the other way around. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. they're the it's the bad the the, the the baddie the villain the villainous characters that you you can't have too many of because they're too similar. Um, like if you had Joy and Vicky Tucker in it at the same time, that wouldn't work because they're too similar. So you would just have to have one personality type and one plot driver, don't you? You have to, they have to, everybody has to push the plot along in or, or create triangles in a certain way. Yes, I, so my, my initial reaction when that question was posed was, oh God, where do I start? Mm. But you're right. I don't want to remove anybody from the village as much as I would, I mean, you've listened to me calling Justin all the names yeah. under the sun this week. Yeah. Uh, and he is, the, this is shithousery of the highest yeah. order, yeah. and he's going to be found out very, very soon, uh, and and I'm going to enjoy it. In all, that's the thing, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it when he does get found out. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and if he weren't there doing this, then I wouldn't get that, so... Yeah, um, yeah so there is a point to everybody. There is absolutely a point, and I even... I mean, I'd, yeah, okay. I'd even have said that, um, uh, uh, oh, bloody hell, Sausage Boy. Tom. Ah, Tom. Thank you, Tom. See, I didn't really see the point in Tom when he was, when I first started listening. Uh, but that whole thing with the twins, about, yeah, mm. you know, that was quite, yeah. I thought that was, quite, was really nicely done. Yeah. And, and his character uh, added something to, yeah. to, to the show with yeah. that. So, you know, no... Frustratingly, Lisa, you're right, and we're not. I'm not going to get rid of anybody. Ta-da! When they ask me, I shall say no. Thank you, Kerry. <laughs> you don't need to take anybody out of the show. For me, at um, least. Now, ah, this is from Amy Sterling, who says, "You'll never guess what I just heard listening to the Omnibus episode from October the third, two thousand and ten. It was Phoebe. She's one of our time travellers who listens." all mm-hmm. over the shop yep. it was phoebe interrupting roy and hayley with a blast of the vuvuzela that was a gift from the recently oh. returned kate when they asked her about it she said mum gave it me <laughs> i kid you not so i guess it wasn't an error in the reading of the script after all and in case i didn't believe her, she's actually given me a link to where she says it so it's a thing it was deliberate there right. we are Okay. Um, the, the, the Dutch word for the Dutch word for vuvuzela is tutor. Tutor. And yes. I made yes. Oh, I made the mistake of saying it in the office one day, and apparently I said it in an enormously hilarious fashion. Oh. And they have never let me forget it. <laughs> okay. I don't. So I, I I already hated vuvuzelas anyway. <laughs> and but now you hate them even more. Yes, I do. Because they were the scene of your. So can we not talk about vuvuzelas? All right. Please? Fine by me. Um, <coughs> Richard Keeling Hello, Richard. said um, he reckoned that there was a bit of chemistry between Paul and Josh when they were discussing his potential move. He said, has Josh ever had a girlfriend? Yes, he has. And I don't think there was chemistry. I just think because Paul's a bit one note, which is Woo! everything he says kind of <laughs> sounds vaguely 
Because I was thinking earlier, yes, you know, maybe he wasn't coming on to Harrison at all. No, as it's as just, a vet, you, know. you can imagine. Oh, I'll put your dog down. You know, it's got to. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it's a slightly odd. If he can't switch out of that gear, I'm not really sure. Although, to be fair, when he was talking to um, uh, Rory, he was doing his sensible no 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 let's just calm down here a little bit yeah that was quite nice and but that seems to have yeah that we've now turned into larry grayson for some reason which i just don't understand but anyway um uh and he also says first i need to thank you for who was who was josh's girlfriend i can't remember but i remember he had one um i need to thank you for introducing tony's chocolonely to my life I had never heard of it until your bet a few months ago. I treated really? myself and begrudgingly my husband. <laughs> that made me laugh. Begrudgingly. Where did they live? I don't know. To some of their mini Easter eggs. We will not be going back to Cadbury's. Yes, I... I've got mini Easter eggs for my... I've got mm. Tony's for the kids. So I'm taking them home with me. I hate Tony the Archer's character. I love the chocolate. Am I the only one Ooh. finding Jim's reaction to this charging station infuriating? No, you're not. It reminds yes, me are. of the time, Lily, the Lillian and Linda storyline with the whole Route B at Ambridge, which climaxed with Linda being blown up at Gay Grables. Is something terrible going to happen to Jim? I'm hoping not, because we've just lost no. Jenny. No, because Jim and David have to join forces against the horror that is Justin. Yes. yes. Don't they? That is what, and that's, I think that's what Chelsea has paved the way to. Yes. This week. Right. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I have just realised of who we could remove from the archers. Who? With with no negative consequences. Tony. Mm. So, f- Pat Change would be a widow. Change my mind, Luce. Change my mind. Pat would be a widow. Mm-hmm. It would give Helen more to moan about. Tony wouldn't have anyone to play, uh, Lee wouldn't have anyone to play trains with. And that would be sad. Mm. Um, these are not particularly convincing points yeah you're right mm. actually mm. you could yeah I mean it would be but then poor Peggy's lost another child any Frank Spencer fans out there would miss him obviously mm. but <laughs> poor Tony um, uh, now this I'm not going to tell you who this is this is just from a lady called Alex, right? Okay. <clears throat> Hello, Alex. She says, I have been loving your podcast for some time now, and after oh, hearing yeah. Harriet talk about how Rex enjoyed telling people he was sad, cold, or hungry, it reminded <laughs> me of the day last year when I came home late from work to find that my 11-year-old daughter had made a large banner and hung it out of the upstairs front window. The banner read, Mimi is hungry, in large letters, and it greeted me as I pulled into the drive. <laughs> See attachment. She's taken a photo of it. No. <laughs> To add insult to injury, my husband was actually in at the time. No. But she had chosen to make and display this banner rather than ask him for tea. It may interest you to hear... I can only hope hear... they live in the middle of the countryside and not in a cul-de-sac with lots of other houses directly looking at theirs. It may interest you to hear that said husband father is Matt Rodriguez Payne. <gasps> and I suspect Matt. that at the time he was shut away in his office creating an Archer's theme tune rather than cooking the kids' tea. 
For shame, Matthew. I would also like to add that our friend Paul, who mistook Fee Glover for Harriet, forgot to mention in his message to you that it was his lovely wife, Catherine, who first recommended your podcast to me, and then Uh I got Matt hooked soon afterwards. I think we should thank her, although sometimes when I have heard the Archer's theme tune coming from his office for the hundredth time in one (laughs) afternoon, I am not so sure. The teenagers in the house also have their doubts and have asked many times, why does dad keep doing that? And the phrase middle-aged loser has been muttered on several <laughs> occasions. <laughs> they are. Oh, that's fantastic. They are definitely, I can imagine, they are taking one for the team now and then. <laughs> no. Oh, what a brilliant, that's my, that's my favourite email for ages. That <laughs> Matt, has... Matt, I think you get one chance at the right of reply here. And... Uh, <laughs> It had better be good. Well, actually, Matt has already made my day by referring to Harriet as Judith Chalmers for the amount of time she spends on holiday. So, <laughs> she was. I, I have, so I having met anything, Harriet, anyway. having met Harriet, I, I have to say she's considerably less leathery yeah. than, than Judith Chalmers was, <laughs> who did look somewhat like a handbag by the time she. She looks like. Her. Well, I'm I'm sitting here next to Bob, uh, the tortoise, yes. and. Uh, yeah, there are distinct similarities. Being reminded of Judith It's Charles a tort- tortoise in sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> a tortoise with a perm. <laughs> I hope she's not a listener. No. Sorry, sorry Judith. Sorry, Judith, if, you, if you're listening. She's in the laurels, I should think, with Auntie Cardboard and everyone else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, but so now... Oh, now we're going to cross to Radio Borsetshire. Did you know ah. that? Are we? Do you know that, that we're going to do that? No, because you've actually got you've stuff. actually incredibly you've got the sketch before you record the show this time. I know. We could actually listen to it if we wanted to. But I can't. I don't know how to put it in. No, that's fine. No, all right. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to play it now. Radio Borsetshire. Colleen, Colleen, it is not long now to Eurovision. I am very excited and also sad as I waited and waited to get through to get ticket and even when it connect and I shout, do you know who I am? It disconnect and no ticket. So I am going to have Eurovision party instead. Can you come, Colleen? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, um, now. Hello, hello, this is me, Fabrizio Felpisham, looking like I have just stepped out of the salon, because I have. Today, I have done another broadcasting outside, this time at Bridge Farm, with their exciting new business venture that cost a lot of money and had no business plan. Over to me. Hello, Mrs. Crater and Clary. Thank you for having me at your multimedia visual experience window. Is this mirror like on the billy? And I can see you, but you can't see me. Of course we can see you, Febreze. We're at work, not in custody. Well, that is sometimes hard to tell the difference. Oh, and this is not custody, but it is quite milky. Ha <laughs> ha! You are making cheesy watsits, I think. And you are now an exhibition, so all people can come and look at you and say, hello, hello, what are you doing with all that milk? 
Uh, how is it you are talking to me? Through the intercom, Febreze. But we like to think of it as a broadcast, don't we, Claray? No. Radio Rennet, I'm calling it. Or possibly Waydio Bridge Farm. We're dickering between the two. Of course, I'm quite at home in a broadcast environment, but Clary's not quite so relaxed. We'll get there, though, won't we, Clary? No. Oh, so tell me all about the making of the cheesy watsits process, please. The milk come from your goats, what are currently nibbling the mud flappers of my woohoo in the car park, does it? No, it comes from the Montbelliards. We don't make goats cheese yet. Oh, I did not know you could make cheesy watsits out of anything else. In Eurovisia, goats are used for all things. Milk, meat, handbags... Dentistry? Well, at Bridge Farm, we're very much focused on the Montes. Ah, I went to Canada once. That was very happy time. Montes, not Mounties. Montbelliards. The milk comes in here and then we add... Oh, I've forgotten the name of that blimmin' bacteria again, Claray. Germs. We add germs to it. Then it goes mouldy, we wrap it in cling film, stick a sticker of a cow that looks like a deer on it, and sell it for seven quid a quarter in the bridge farm shop, while Ellen tries to coerce anyone that's stupid enough to buy it into doing a trip round the edible garden. There's basically three fruit trees and some celery. Edible garden. Huh? I'm going to open my compost tank to the public and call it an edible bin. This is all Adam's fault. You'd think someone as tired as him wouldn't have the energy to keep coming up with his stupid ideas, would you? And every time he does, she has to come up with another one. Oh, that sound. Clary, are you okay? She's fine. Step away from the multimedia window, Clary. Go and have a knob-knob and a quick five minutes with your take a break. Now... Are there any questions, as an uninformed member of the public, that you'd like to ask about this heritage and enthralling process? Yes. Are there sample things with little crackies? I like the little crackies. No. Don't you want to ask me about how the curds feel and if I smell of cheese? No, I do not. I am not pervert. I imagine your smell of whatever came with a free gift bag in Underwood mid-range. I do have a question, though. Go right ahead, Febreze. It's what I'm here for. Why are your uniforms so tight? Get out. Hmm. So, thank you to me and the lovely ladies at the Bridge Farm Dairy who can tell you about cheesy watches of all kinds. Listeners will be glad to hear that I managed to rescue my woo from the goat with minimal damage, but I will still be filing an insurance claim with Mrs. Ellen Archer. Bye! Radio Borsetshire Thank you for Breeze and Susan and Clary. That was excellent, wasn't it, though? Yes, huh? that was very good. Oh, Whoever goodness me. That. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's the writers, personally. It's all down Well, to you know, the writers are quite good, but it's really more in the edit and the acting, <laughs> I find. <laughs> the edit. <laughs> yes. Um, now, if you'd like to visit patreon.com, 
you can look up Ambridge on the Couch and you can support us at any subscription level. If you are a Patreon, then you will get an invitation to our Eurovision evening, which will not be confused with the coronation with hilarious consequences. Oh, God, that was tedious, wasn't it? Harriet thought that was an absolute laugh riot and pissed herself that way. Yep, she loved it. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. I mean, that was sub-Frank Spencer stuff, that was. Well, Harriet was laughing because she said you could. See, she said it was like a shambridge. She said you could see it coming from so yeah, far yeah. off. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And she said it was like they were writing, yeah, right. you know, they're now writing shambridges have you ever, for her. Have you ever read, um, that, so there are two comics, two weekly comics in Scotland uh, in, the, in the post. The Bruins. The, the Bruins, exactly, Bruins and Earl Raleigh. Mm. And the Bruins is entirely based on people... Um, getting oh. the wrong end of the stick. Oh, okay. So there's been, I don't know, probably 80 or 90 years now of uh, people getting the wrong end of the stick. Oh, it's just like the archers then. <laughs> no, well, exactly. And that, that, was, that whole thing with the Coronation Street yeah. Eurovision was straight out of the pages of the Bruins and it just brought back too many bad <laughs> Dundee-based memories. For it. Just, no. Um. You can also find us on Facebook, on Twitter at OnAmbridge. Febreze is at Fabulous Febreze. Or you can email us all at AmbridgeOnTheCouch at gmail.com. Yes. And now, as we play out... Oh, what have we got this week? Well, it's a tribute to Harriet Judith Chalmers Carmichael. <laughs> and her many, many, many uh, snowy adventures. Shall yeah. I play now? Shall we say goodbye? Uh, we can do. Should, should, should I? Go on then. Okay. Goodbye, listeners. Um, thank you very much. And um, I don't know when I'll be talking to you again. But hopefully next time it'll be a bit more prepared than this one. Well, bearing in mind you cover when Harriet's on holiday, it'll be next week, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Might even have to do a midweek one. Yeah. <laughs> She's not ready. She's back next week. Okay. Are you ready? She's yes. not actually on holiday today. I'm taking the mickey. But uh, she had to go off and do something. Um, and because I didn't have the right contact lenses in. Well, I did, but you know what? You know the story. Uh, that's why it all went wrong. So, yes, goodbye from me too, and we'll play out with our lovely theme from Matt Rodriguez Payne and his annoyed wife. And Alex, his hungry children. And hungry, starving <laughs> children. <laughs> Ready? Go! <laughs> Hi! Absolute magic. I know I always say that whatever Matt has just done is my favourite ever. But that genuinely was magnificent. (laughs) There's no other word for it.
And I loved, I loved the ski Sunday scene. Film. Yeah. And he'd even got the timpani in there. Yeah, the, the I back. know. Go, boom, boom, boom. Oh, magic. Well done, Matt. Thank I don't you, care Matt. that your children are hungry. If you, if you can produce that, that on a weekly Sodom. basis, that it's fine. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn to feed themselves eventually. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Love you lots. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, I won't be there next week. Unless Ding. Lucy makes another terrible, terrible cock, cock. mistake. Mm. With the, yes. Yes. So, yeah, who knows? Bye. Bye.